today's guest is Alexis, and she's been teaching English abroad in Yokohama, Japan for almost a year now. During her stay, she's been able to visit some amazing historical sites, gone to hot springs, eaten a ton of delicious food, and gained friendships that she knows will last a lifetime. Guys, this is going to be a great episode today, and I can't wait to get started. Alexis, thank you so much for being here today. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, I'm so excited. Um, I I do remember um, when we first met uh, five years ago, I do remember you were into nutrition and that's what you were going to school for. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's a bit different than what you're doing now. It is. So, okay. It's been, it's been quite a journey. So, okay. Basically, I studied nutrition and dietetics at Arizona State University, and it was a wonderful time, like great degree. I worked my ass off, um, yep. and, and then I graduated, and I had a few few jobs here and there that were related. wasn't very happy, and then I found like the job that was like an adult job within the field. I'm not I'm not going to name the organization that I worked with, but it was basically in public health. Mm-hmm. And it was it was very fulfilling work in that I was giving back to the community. I was providing like nutrition education to like families in need. And it was great and all, but I felt like it was just a lot of like pressure and it was a lot of emotional uh, like it was emotionally taxing for me. Yeah. So it was just like really sad, like the things that I would see and hear and like it was very eye-opening, um, and I just, like, wasn't happy. Like, I, I just felt like they call it um, – there's a certain term for it. It's, like, called, like, like passion fatigue or something. Or it's, like, it's okay. like where you, it's like where you feel very, like, fatigued from all, the, like, the emotional stimuli. Oh, like com- compassion fatigue. Yeah, compassion yeah. fatigue. Yes, yeah. I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. And I, it's just, like, you, you know, you're, you're put around these stressful situations so much, and you just get tired, right? Yeah, it was just too much for me, and I was basically running a clinic all by myself, and I gained a lot of skills, though. I I, I felt like I became more of a leader. I, I became more confident in myself. Like, I knew, like, okay, like, I want to always work with people. Like, that's what I know, like, for sure. Like, I'll always just, like, work around people. I just, I love that energy. Like, I feed off the energy, and, like, I love giving off my energy. And, um, yeah, but I still had this itch. I had this itch to, to move abroad and work. And so I, I thought about doing a working holiday. And I called my sister and I was like, I was like, Erica, like she's my big sister and we talk about everything. And I'm like, oh, I really want to like live abroad. I want to work abroad. I'm thinking of doing work. I was actually, my original plan was to do a working holiday in New Zealand. Just like work on mm-hmm. a farm and just like eat blueberries and hike Sounds all day. great. Yeah, <laughs> in blueberries. So, anyway, so I was talking to her. She's like, "Why don't you apply to Japan? Why don't you Why don't you teach English in Japan? Because that's what she did. She did that oh. six years ago for the same company that I work for." And I was like, "She's like, you'll get paid more money. They find you an apartment. Like, it's 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 a good deal." And I was like, oh, "I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot." And I also I love teaching people. Like like part of my my old job in public health was I was always educating people. I was doing counseling. Mm-hmm. And I was reading the job description uh, with this company. It was like, you do counseling, you educate, you work with children, which my last job, I worked almost all with children. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I love children. They're fun. 
So I was like, okay, yeah. And I had an, I had a Skype call like this interview and they liked me and then they had, <clears throat> they recruit at different locations throughout the world. And they were in Arizona like a month after my Skype interview. And then I got the, got the job and I was like, oh my gosh, this is actually happening. And then now here I am. <laughs> wow. Wow. And so um, I was looking at your Facebook um, before the interview. Um, did you study in Australia before as well? Oh, that's right. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, I studied abroad for five months, so one semester, at the University of Queensland in Brisbane, uh-huh. Australia. And, okay. Uh, amazing. It was, like, seriously, like, the best time of my life. It was so good. So, which makes me think, even even before Japan, even before Australia, there was some sort of um, itching to go abroad. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, was it from seeing your sister going or was there other reasons that made you want to experience the world? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. Um, I just like growing up, I was very, I was always very curious about the world and I was, I didn't like, it's funny because now I'm very talkative, but when I was really little, I didn't talk a lot. <laughs> really? I would, just, like, I would like read a lot or watch TV or like I would watch other people do things and kind of like observe but always like I was always constantly thinking mm-hmm. and my mom always had a lot of like really beautiful like art pieces in the house like a lot of like renaissance art she'd always have like history books around or like greek mythology and like I would always look at these like these art pieces or these these works or these like uh old books <clears throat> and just kind of like wonder like what's the world like like I think that's when it all started was just like looking through magazines or books or TV and being like, wow, like there's so much out there. And then it's funny because when I was, I think I was in like third grade or something and I was in Girl Scouts. My mom actually put mm-hmm. me in Girl Scouts because I was so shy that she like put me in Girl Scouts so I can like talk more. And we wrote these like, we wrote these uh, like goal or like dream, like like a dream essay or something in, in uh I did that. And then when I was packing for Australia, I was going through all my old stuff from childhood. And I, this is crazy. I'll never forget this. So I'm, I'm looking through my old photo albums, like organizing. And then I find this, this Girl Scout album and it had all my old pictures from Girl Scouts and like camping and like all that stuff. And then it had this like, what I, what I want when I'm older, like my dream or something. And mm-hmm. it was like, it was like, I, one day I want to live in Australia and like, I want to be near the water and I want to like hang out with bobcats. <laughs> <laughs> so I think you made some of those a reality at least. <laughs> yeah. Bobcat one, like I were, I already experienced that in Arizona because there's bobcats. But um, yeah, like I just thought that was so amazing that like I was packing for this like this new adventure and then I find this like book and when I was like eight, I wrote this little like dream journal or whatever and it like it was happening it's like when that, when that happened I was just like I was so touched I was like wow like I'm like supposed to be doing this you know yeah so, it's like very um like affirming of your path right yeah yeah so I was like okay I'm making the right decision also at the time uh university I was dating someone and um he was really really into travel like really really into travel and I told him when we first met, I was like, yeah, like, I'm thinking about, 
um, studying abroad in Australia, but I'm not really sure. He's just like instantly, he's like, do it. He's like, if you, can, if you have the resources, like just do it. And I was like, really? Because I, I was on the, I actually, I was going to apply and then I got scared. I don't, I don't, I don't remember the details. And then I, I kind of like, uh, and then he's just like, no, no, go. So I think it's also mm-hmm. like, there's like the desire component and then there's like the reality and then like taking the courage to like, you know, take that next step and just like apply and do it. And, and then like, actually leaving so there's like there's like mm-hmm. the of it like the feasibility of it the feasibility of it and then just like the action you know mm-hmm. yeah so so you got shy um as far as when you say you know there's the reality of it um do you mean like there there was uh it seemed difficult it definitely depends on the circumstance but there's there's so much that goes into like relocating to another country like I guess it to start with the whole reality part of it is like like funds, like money, right? Yeah. I was really lucky that at the time when I was going to ASU, I had a really, really good scholarship. I had what they had, I don't think they have it anymore, but it was called the Obama scholarship. Mm-hmm. And so because I got really good grades in high school, um, this is like a, a badass scholarship. Like I feel so blessed that I was able to receive the scholarship. But basically it covered most of my tuition and books for four years. Mm-hmm. and um a one one semester of study abroad which is just oh. like what? like yeah that's like, cool like obama yes <laughs> <laughs> bring him back yeah advantage of that and so it was a bit easier at the time because i had the scholarship and it just like worked out um i still had to save some money i was working like little odd jobs here and there but for for this time around, I had to pay everything out of pocket. There was no scholarship, so luckily right. I had a full, yeah, luckily I had a full time job working in public health, so I was making like you know I wasn't making a crazy amount of money, but I was making enough to save. So basically, I just sacrificed a lot for like for like five months. I didn't go out with my friends, like about drinking or like didn't go to like concerts or shows. Mm-hmm. I ate a lot of frozen dinners for lunch. I was like, like super tight budget. I moved back in with my mom for three months to save on rent. Mm-hmm. Like I did all this stuff because I just knew in my mind I was like, there is no like, no is not an option. Like I'm I'm gonna go. Yeah. Like you need that desire, you know. And so I had that motivation, <clears throat> and it was definitely a lot of sacrifice, but it was totally worth it. Because now I'm here, and I'm like, you know, I'm happy I'm here. So. If you didn't have your sister um, and her having that previous experience, do you mm-hmm. think you would have still done it? Do you, or, or how do you think that affected your decisions? That's a really good question. Actually, honestly, I wouldn't be in Japan and I wouldn't be working for the company that I'm working for because I don't think, I mean, maybe, but she definitely had a huge influence, had an influence because if not here, I think I would be somewhere else. I think I would be in like New Zealand or Australia or those are like the two main ones, I think. But then with like the whole COVID thing, I probably would have had to go back because it just wouldn't, it, it just, you know, it doesn't seem smart to stay and there's not like a lot of stability with the with what I would have been doing. So it worked out is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, so so I know you had mentioned um, before the interview, I, I, I'm not sure if we got it on um, video, but you had yeah. said that you wanted to, to um, 
go to New Zealand and hike and eat blueberries. Uh, <laughs> why, <laughs> why did you decide, why did you decide after all that you wanted to have this Japan experience versus the, the New Zealand experience? Yeah, good question. So basically, it all really came down to like, like stability and like, uh, practicality, I suppose, because I was I was kind of like looking like, making a pros and cons list in my head. I was like, New Zealand, like, like, very like, go with the flow, very just like, I'm just gonna do what I want. Um, whereas Japan would have been a lot more is a lot more structured I have yeah. they find me an apartment I have a salary I have medical benefits like I can I can like kind of take root somewhere and kind of flourish from there whereas New Zealand would have been me just kind of like staying on a lot of like hostels or Airbnb yeah. kind of like unsure about work work would always be changing I'd have to deal with the elements like you know I want to have a car the public transport system over there I'm not really familiar with it but it would have been a lot more harder I feel like or more difficult to just like move around the country so and Japan has an amazing amazing transportation network mm -hmm. I was just like thinking about it and I was like also I'll be gaining more I feel like I would have gaining more transferable skills to like other jobs in the future and this mm -hmm. is like professional whereas working holiday is kind of more just like eat blueberries and like work on a farm and just kind of like chill right and I was just like yeah this seems like a little bit more like more grounded so to speak also a little bit older I'm I'm in my like mid-20s so it's like I'm not like super super young anymore so I'm also like thinking about like my future and like I eventually want to like I want to buy land and like live on the land and like all this stuff so um, yeah, yeah. No, that was a great that was a great response. Um, so as far as far as the company, what's the company name that that you and your sister both went through? Yeah. So I work for a company called Eon. Uh huh. And how do you spell that? It's A E O N. Eon. Okay. So this is a company that that both you and your sister have gone through. Um, and you know, you're almost a year into it. Would you recommend it to other people that are interested in Japan yeah. and doing that? And do they do other places as well? Um, so Eon, I believe is exclusive to Japan. I think I may have heard that they're starting up in like Malaysia or Singapore, but I'm, I, I could be completely wrong, but it's mainly in Japan and they have like 250 schools. Mm -hmm. And I work in the uh, Kanto area. So that's like where like Tokyo is and Kanagawa and Saitama. So how, how Japan is divided is like by prefecture. Kind of like how we have like states, but they're not really like states. It's like a county kind of like they're like mm -hmm. county. And so um, I live in Kanagawa, which is where Yokohama is. And they have they have schools everywhere. And it's a great company you have, they find you an apartment and then when you, when you get your paycheck, they just take automatically take out the rent, which is really not that much compared to like America. Um, yes, and you get medical benefits. Um, the pay is actually pretty decent, especially if like you're entry level, just graduating from university. Um, again, transportation system is great. So you don't have to worry about like, having a car or anything and <clears throat> you have two weeks paid uh, training and they train you like it's 
the training's really intense. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. It's, it's from like, from like 11 at night or 11 in the morning all the way until like eight o'clock at night for like two mm, weeks. Mm-hmm. You get the weekends off, but it's like, they start you, you know? They want to make sure that, that it's worth it for them and for you. Yeah. It's get a lot like, in there. It's kind of like, I wouldn't, mm, you know, like in college, how they had like the weed out classes. Have you ever heard that term? Maybe, no, maybe I never took them. <laughs> oh, weed out class? Okay, so weed out class is like, oh, like it's like a entry-level class. Like, for instance, uh, Bio 181. I don't know if you know mm-hmm. Bio 181. It's like introduction oh, okay. for biology majors, and it's really yeah. intense. And so, like, a lot of my friends and I would be like, oh, this is a weed out class, because it's like the students that really, like, stick and stay, you know, they usually move on, but then the ones that, They'll like, move drop forward. Yeah, they, like, they don't. Yeah, so training is like kind of like a weed out class because it's really intense. (laughs) Yeah, and they want you to be like you know super. It's very like professional. Like they like every day I wear like a like a jacket and like pant like like a suit basically. Yeah. So were there people that literally went to that that training and were like, no, I can't handle this. Not quite like that, but more, I, that doesn't happen a lot, but I guess there was, like, stories of, like, people that were, um, like, going out, like, at night and, like, coming back, like, hungover and stuff, and they're, like, that's not, that's not professional, like, you no. can't be and so, like, some people have been sent home because they were exhibiting, like, unprofessional behavior, mm-hmm. just, like, because it's, like, you know, even like me, like before I came here, I was like, oh yeah, teaching English, like it won't be that hard. And then I get here and it's like, no, there's like a whole like curriculum you have to follow. And like, you have to like use classroom English. Like how I'm talking right now is like so fast. Mm-hmm. Like classroom, I have to, I have to adjust how I talk to the person I'm talking to. Right. Right. So they do all these, like these nuances that you would never think of otherwise. So it's it's great though it's a great company and uh I, I renewed for a year like my plan was to only stay for a year okay really liking it and so I'm I extended it another year and then I'm thinking if all goes well I'll probably be here another year <laughs> wow that is so cool while wow, already thinking two years ahead that is amazing um I want to I want to get to that um yeah. As far as but as far as what they um, put you through to get the jobs, can you talk a little into that? Yeah, for sure. So okay, um, basically, so you know, you go on the website, you're like, oh, this looks great. You send an application. They literally emailed me like five days after I sent in my application. Now this was in March of 2019, I believe. Yeah, and I, I got the email, and I was, like, super excited. I was like, oh, my goodness. And then they invited me to a Skype interview a week later. I did the Skype interview, and it went really well. And then, like, okay, we want to invite you to an in-person interview. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. And the in-person interview was a month after. That was mid-April. And I was really nervous. I was very nervous because I was like, I really wanted this opportunity. And I walk in, and the recruiter was this, like, like, uh, just super like smiley, sweet guy, and like I just the vibe, like I just felt like the like the energy, like it was just really good, and I, I just made like small talk with him, and it was really easy to talk to him, and I could tell he really liked that I just 
I just like automatically engaged with him before he engaged with me. Mm-hmm. I think that's also important. Like going into an interview is just like, just, just, just being you. And like, even if you're uncomfortable inside, just like fight that, that fear, you know? Confidence. Um, yeah. Power poses. Yes. That's another good thing about this job is that it gives you a lot of confidence. Like, I'm a lot more comfortable speaking in front of people that I don't know mm-hmm. because, like, that's what I do for my job. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, so we go in there, and he gives, like, this, like, like two-hour um, presentation on, like, you know, the history of the company, all the schools in around, like, uh, Japan, and then he gets into the nitty-gritty, like, this is how much you need to get here. You know, this is like there might, you know, if you have any like special dietary requirements, it might be it might be difficult for you. Like he went into everything emotional. Wow. Like if you have any emotional issues, like the reality is that in Japan, mental health is still stigmatized and it's not oh. super easy to get like mental health care. So if you have like anxiety, depression, like anything like that, really consider like like what I liked about it is that it was very like honest. Like, this isn't just some, like, fun little, like, flowery thing. Like, this is a job, you know? And mm-hmm. you need a whole new life you're about to embark on. Like, we need to tell you, you know, the both sides of the story. You know what I mean? So it was, yeah. it was like, eye-opening. I was like, oh, wow, like, I didn't know that. And then, um, you know, he was showing us, like, a typical work schedule. And, like, it was, like, really, like, like just you work a lot. Like, <laughs> I work a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was like really honest, and then and then we had the first round. So then we did, like, he like taught us how to teach a class, like a sample class, and then he asked each person to to teach us, or no, he asked. It was it was me and oh, there's a bird. I live like next to birds, so I'm like always looking out. But um, it was me and this other girl, and she was like she was very nice, but she was very shy, like just like a lot quieter. And I'm like very like, I'm very like yeah, you know. And mm-hmm. so we both taught a class and then, and then he would grade us and then he like met with us one-on-one and then we had like a solo, a solo interview. So it was a group interview and then solo interview. And then based off all of that, then they like give you an envelope and then it has like, like if you, if you got the job or not. And then I got the job mm-hmm. and I was like, wow. I, was, I was in shock. I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm really doing this. <laughs> So yeah. that was all within like that second um, in-person interview. Yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot. Like it was like a lot of information. This is how you teach a class. These are our classes. Okay, now teach us as your students. If you pass that, then you go to the solo interview, and then I had to teach another lesson to him. And it was like my first time ever doing that, so it was like I felt like I did really bad, but you know, apparently I did okay. <laughs> He was looking for potential, maybe. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Smile too. <laughs> right on. So I I know um for some countries they're more strict than others. Um, I don't know if I I've told you um, but I taught English in China, and you didn't need, yeah. So um, you didn't need a degree um for China. It was very, it was like a private school as well. So everything was under the table. But in your case, um, did they require you to have a degree and then um, any any other experiences or recommendations or anything like that? No, definitely. That's a a good question. So 
Um, you have to have a bachelor's degree. That's mm-hmm. like fair. You have to have a bachelor's degree. You don't have to have like the there's like there's like the TEFL and yeah. like all like certifications to teach English as a foreign language. I didn't have any of that, but like it's it's not they don't you don't have to have it, but it's good if, if you want it. Like it's good to have it. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I have a lot of experience in education, but not English education, but like nutrition. Like during mm-hmm. university, I would uh, actually I would go to this. Um, psychology nursery at ASU you know how they have the psychology department at ASU yeah and they have they have like this nursery and then you can like study the children like observe them I didn't study. know that no and it was like a ASU like like psychology nursery or something and a lot of the professors actually would, would have would drop off their children there and then okay. they would go into preschool learn everything and then at the same time the children would be observed People study. are watching them. Because <laughs> I would like, I, I taught them nutrition for a semester and I would just like, before I would go in, I would like be watching like, you know, because it looks like mirrors. Mm-hmm. But then like, people on their side watching and I was like, oh, this is so cool. Like, oh, okay. Like, um, cool, kind of creepy. <laughs> maybe it wasn't creepy maybe it wasn't creepy it just sounds a little creepy but, uh, I like creepy though so yeah <laughs> so uh, I did that and I you know I just I've done a lot of other volunteering like education wise and I'm, I'm just very passionate about like just providing knowledge to other people so that way their lives can be improved you know well whatever uh, you know genre of knowledge that is you know and so I have a lot of and I just I've been working with people like I started working like literally like right when I turned 16 I was like okay I gotta I gotta start work mm-hmm. and I'm being around people so I think I just have like that um that zest you know and then also they do want um you know they want references so I had to give them a few references and they called them and you know mm-hmm. to very that I'm not lying on my resume and and all that stuff but really at the bare minimum it's like it's like bachelor's degree you know um some experience with education people and just like overall having like a really happy like uh, demeanor because that's also yeah. like, the thing about the school like they're like oh our teachers are really great they're really great with people like you have to have that extra like zest you know because it's a lot of work yeah. like I I I'm at the school nine hours a day, five days a week. Wow. So what, what's the time? What's the, the period of time? So um, generally it's so I have Sunday and Monday off, like today's Monday, and then Tuesday through Saturday I work. And then Tuesday through Friday I work from 11.45 a.m. all the way until roughly 9.15 p.m. Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah. And then on Saturday I work from like 9 45 a.m to like 7 10 or so um yeah so the hours are kind of wonky just because it's a it's a private company it's a conversational mm-hmm. school so a lot of our a lot of our uh students they they go to the school after like regular school or like for mm-hmm. like business people they yeah. come to our school after work so a lot of times they get off work at like 6 or 7 p.m so then they come to the, they come to our, our school right after. Yeah. Gotcha. So so what ages are you teaching? Yeah. So the great thing about a conversational school is that it's not just children. It's literally from like, you know, it varies from like preschool yeah. all the way to the elderly. Yeah. All kinds of people. 
Yeah. So, so, but like, are they all in one class together? Are they in blocks? Um, like, know. how does uh, that yeah. work? So basically, we have a schedule every day, and um, just it ranges how many classes you teach, but it can range all the way from like three to like six or seven, depending on the day. And so, like, one class will be you typically in the morning time is like the the preschool classes, like around like one or two have the preschool classes and then they usually like in the early afternoon and you have like um no, no later afternoon like about four or five o'clock then you teach the school age children so that's like the nine ten eleven year olds and then kind of like around six or seven you teach or the junior high kids high schoolers and then usually at night it's usually when you teach like adults that's generally the flow of how of like when you teach what but it varies but no, it's like, it's all age, like for all the children, it's all based on age and level. And then for adults, yeah. it's exclusively like level. So like for adult classes, we have like the very low level. And usually Japanese teachers, they teach the low level students because they just don't know a lot of English. And yeah. then generally the foreign teachers, I'm a foreign teacher, generally we teach the higher level students. That makes so much more sense just because it, you, there's so much that you just can't teach in in a language that they just don't know, you know? Um, it, ju it just makes more sense to me because I taught, I taught, you know, little kids four, five, six years old that didn't know any English too. And it just, I mean, one, you know, the age is difficult. I know you can probably um, agree with that. Um, but then also, yeah, if they don't know the language, how are you going to explain these things yeah. to them? Oh, it's definitely like it's an acquired skill like having to talk like this pronunciating everything and like you have to like like think very carefully of how you say you know the volume the the how you move your lips you know because I know for me like naturally I talk really fast mm -hmm. and so that was like probably one of the hardest things starting out was just having to kind of like take a step back and like remember that they aren't native English speakers and so like you have to you ha I have to like change how I speak depending on their level and then also with kids like when I first started like it was really challenging for me to teach the kids because they just like they were like what are you saying I don't know so now I use gestures all the time I talk slower I I say less. I yeah. noticed that, like, the less you say, like, the better the class goes, you know? And um, just using gestures and just having fun, and it's all, like, experience is golden, you know? Like, I think now how I am compared to, like, my first day, it's just, like, amazing, like, the, like, the progress I've made. Yeah, that's great. Um, I would like to talk more logistics um, after... Uh, but after after we talk a little bit more about your experience in Japan, just kind of mix it up um, because, you know, I know that work is a huge part. You know, I know you said you work, you know, nine hours a day, um, but uh, and I don't want the listeners to think that's all you do. And that, you know, because, you know, a lot a lot of us people that are wanting to to go abroad, you know, really want to have a good time and experience oh, a lot of different things. For sure. For sure. Right. I, that. I totally so, get that. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, yeah, I would love if you talked about um, some of the fun things that you've experienced, you know, eye-opening experiences, beautiful places that you've gone, things you've eaten, whatever. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So, oh, just just a little side note. Um, I'm at the I'm at the school for nine hours, but I have an hour lunch break. So I only work for eight hours. So it's a, it's a whole hour lunch break, which is nice. Uh, yeah, yes. yeah. Want to get that out there? I'm like, don't be too scared. Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, I've done a lot of traveling. Now that I think back, um, I definitely want to start out with the food. Like, oh my goodness, the food here is like, ah, uh, uh, it might be one of my favorite things about Japan. <laughs> Maybe the most. But um, have you ever seen the movie Eat, Pray, Love? I've seen parts of it. I didn't finish it. It was probably, I think I was just sleepy that night. Hard. It's okay. There's actually a lot of people that don't like it, but I actually really enjoyed the movie. Um, but the first part of her, her adventure, you know, she, I think she's gone for like a year. Yeah. And the first place she goes to is uh, Italy. And my favorite, my favorite scenes in that movie is when she's in Italy and like, she sits down and she then they bring her the dish and it's just like this beautiful like plate of pasta and she's like oh my goodness and then she has like no like no um what is it inhibitions like she uh-huh. just goes it. and then like it's just like I love how like the like I'm really into like movies and cinema photography and all that and like film stuff and I just love how like they showcase her experience with those meals and like whenever like I, I, I experience like a really beautiful meal. I think about like that, those scenes in the movie and I'm like, oh, I'm like Julia Roberts right now. And, like, <laughs> That's awesome. Like, clo- like going in all closed and like looking at the, like panning over the meal and like, it's just the craftsmanship is just something else here. Like even, even like non-Japanese food, like Italian food or even like American food, like it's just made, like you can just like, taste and see the craftsmanship put into it like I'll give you an example like um I was out with some friends and we went to Wendy's and I I think I just ordered like french fries or something but they they brought my friend the Wendy's burger and you know when you think of like Wendy's or McDonald's and you think of like the hamburger it looks really like sad and like smashed and like yeah like roadkill almost and it was like all like like just it looked like the ad like it just looked really pretty and I was like wow I was like that looks really nice for a Wendy's burger. <laughs> like, <laughs> little things, you know? Or, like, when you go out to eat, um, there's just, like, an, another level of care. And, like, they just seem, like, happier to, like, provide you that meal. Like, the services. And I'm not saying this is, like, every single place. Like, I haven't, I haven't had an amazing experience everywhere. But for the most part, um, it's just, like, very, like, fresh and... Um, uh, mm, we, and, and Japanese, uh, oishi means delicious. So I just want to say it's like, mm, oishi. Ah. And, yeah, oishi. I know a little bit. I'm Japanese. And um, yeah, it's just damn good. I'm sorry. I don't know what else to say. But also the sushi. So I was actually telling my friend this last night. So when I arrived to Japan, I was like, I'm not going to eat any sushi. Like, it's raw fish. Like, that's gross. Like, even really? though like, I like ramen, I love, like, ramen and, like, tempura and, like, you know, udon and soba. Um, yeah, I was like, oh, sushi kind of weirds me out because it's not cooked. And then I was invited to a going away party at this, like, really nice sushi restaurant. And it was, like, this beautiful platter of, of sushi. 
just just pure sashimi you know the raw fish mm-hmm. had like flowers and like all these like ornaments on it and I was like I feel really rude not like trying this while yeah. my all you know it's a going away party it's like I was like okay I'm just gonna have I'm just gonna have one I'm just gonna have one piece of salmon because salmon's my favorite and then I like you know I dip it in I'm like kind of scared but also really excited because I'm like oh my god it's like my first like actual Japanese sushi and then like put it in my mouth and I'm just like my eyes like rolled back in my head of like oh <laughs> it, was it was good it was like buttery like it's like it was like buttery and like it kind of like almost like feels like it's like melting in your mouth and so you then hadn't I'll, eaten sushi before that uh I did my my dad when I was like 12 he would take me out for sushi on the weekends here and there and we'd have sushi together but then when I got older and I just kind of lost interest and then also uh, I studied like nutrition and food science so we were very about like food safety mm, mm-hmm. sure to like a certain temperature like yeah I had a lot of exams on food safety so I was very like no like that's not right we shouldn't be eating raw fish um, but it's like that's the other thing it's like you have to like if you move to another country like if you have like a lot of dietary restrictions, like which I had when I was in America, like I was very like, okay, I'm only eating gluten free, like, um, you know, I can't have too much processed food or like, uh, I still don't eat like a ton of meat. Like if I do, it's like once or twice a week I'll have fish. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of let that go to a certain extent because I wanted to like embrace the culture mm-hmm. and like, I feel like if I would have been, like, too militant about my diet, like, my experience here would not be the same. Like, I feel like I would be missing out. I'm so glad you shared that because that's actually one of the questions that I had for you was, you know, being being somebody that has gone through nutrition, graduated in nutrition, had yeah. jobs in nutrition, um, yeah. how how is it being there, you know, and it sounds like you're a little bit more relaxed. It's fascinating, actually. I can go on and on about that. But essentially, so I have, like, some health issues and that's like why I'm which I'm not going to get super into but uh, yeah I have some health issues and so a big part of why I studied nutrition was to kind of help with my health condition and uh, I realized that, like yeah nutrition plays like a huge role in you know the body and feeling better and all of that um, and in the interview like I was saying earlier he said like if you have any dietary restrictions like be wary because being a vegan or vegetarian here is quite difficult unless you want to cook every day. Yeah. So um, that was definitely like in the back of my mind, like, well, crap, like I eat mostly vegetarian, but if I move there, it's going to be difficult, but I really want to live there. So I had like, I had like a moral dilemma in my head. I was like, hmm, you know what I mean? Yeah. But even so, when I was in America, I wasn't like a militant vegan or like militant vegetarian. I was just very like, you know, I eat more plants and I eat less meat. Like, that's kind yeah. of, like, my thing, more balanced. Um, and so I was like, you know what? Like, I'm just going to I'm just gonna go with it and see what happens. And so overall, the food here, like, let's, let's start with portions. So the portions here are, like, way smaller. Mm-hmm. Like, if you go to, like, a McDonald's or fast food place, like, the large is, like, that big maybe. Yeah. Uh, everything's just smaller everything's just smaller so I really actually and that's been kind of an issue for me in the past was like I would like overeat and I've noticed being here I've noticed I'm, I'm starting to eat like smaller portions just because that's the culture mm-hmm. and um 
like when people eat they have like their right like more traditional meal like traditional japanese food is like you have your rice you have a little bit of fish you have some um pickles or like fermented food fermented mm-hmm. food's a big thing here and then like some miso soup and then like some green tea like that's like a very traditional like japanese meal which i like i love sounds I love. delicious i love traditional japanese food it's great um but yeah when i first arrived here i kind of just said like I just said, like, screw it. I'm just going to eat what I want, mm-hmm. which, you know, emotionally was really great because I was experiencing all these, like, amazing foods, but my my waistline, you know, that wasn't doing too great. So then I had to, like, okay, I had to, like, take a step back, and I was like, okay, like, I, I really want to experience, like, these foods, but I also have to be, like, realistic with my own dietary stuff. So now I kind of feel like I, I have a good balance now mm-hmm. where I'm eat all the time because it's really because everything like japan is like the it's like the land of convenience like convenience is king here there's like a ton of convenience stores like there's vending machines everywhere like if i'm mm-hmm. in a hurry literally like i can just get a water or coffee or they you can even get soup from the vending machine they have really? yeah. <laughs> that's cool um, yeah so there's a there's a wide variety of like food options here you can you can, you know, you can have traditional Japanese food, and then you can go down the street and get, like, an American burger. Like, they have, like, TGI Fridays here. Like, there's actually quite a few burger places. Um, so there's a lot of options to eat, for sure. And then, of course, if you are do have some, like, dietary issues or restrictions, it's, it's, it's easy to, you know, buy, like, fruits and vegetables and everything you need at, at grocery stores. So I kind of, I found that balance now where it's like, okay, like, I'll, like, go out to eat, like, a few times a week, and then, like, everything else I cook. So I've, I've, I've found that balance now. So are vegetables not a big um, a big item in, in the common dish, like, Japanese dish? No, I think in, in like, in traditional Japanese uh, cuisine, vegetables play, like, a really big role. Mm-hmm. Like, you get, like, a salad, or, like, you have, like, the fermented vegetables, and then, like, you have, like, your protein. But the also in terms of, like protein like the amount of meat you get is significantly less it's like the actual recommended value you need like in um in america the actual if you if you look at the u.s dietary guidelines per serving of meat you only need like the size of your palm yeah that's fine but like you go to restaurants and they give you like a huge freaking size of your head steak like you don't need that you know and so it's like it's interesting coming from a nutrition background because I'm always constantly like looking at the meals and kind of like studying it in a way and I'm like oh like yeah like that's a good portion size or like that's what we should be eating or like it's just very like balanced but it's definitely it's easy to like overindulge on like the maybe not so healthy stuff like for instance ramen like ramen yeah. is it's so good but you have to be really careful because it's it's very high in salt it's very high in fat oil mm-hmm. um, and it's yeah, so I, I limit ramen to, like, once a week, if that. Whereas when I first moved here, I was like, ramen every day, but it's just not good for you. So I would eat ramen every day if if it was uh, the same nutrition as vegetables. That's, that's the truth. Okay, so moving on from food, yes. where, where do you go next? Okay, so... Um, travel let's talk about travel so traveling here is like really great because again you have the big you have like the the train that works it's everything's so integrated and then you have like the bullet trains which are super convenient so like for instance driving 
driving from Tokyo all the way to like Osaka generally would be between like five or six hours, give or take. But if you、mm-hmm. take the bullet train, which in, in Japanese we say Shinkansen, the Shinkansen or bullet train, that, that can take you to Osaka from、uh, like Tokyo or Yokohama between like two to two and a half hours. Just、like、a lot quicker. Yeah. Yeah. So there's like so many transportation, like just like so many ways to get places. Um, and there's a lot of like passes because there's so much tourism in Japan that there's a lot of like、uh, three day passes, four day passes. Like my ex and I, we went to,、uh, well, we traveled a lot while he was here, but we went to Hakone for, I believe it was three days. And we got like a three day pass. And it's like we went on like a really cool little like cruise around the Lake Ashi, which is really famous in Hakone. It's beautiful. And、uh, we went on like the, you know, like the gondolas that like overlooks like canyons and we saw the volcano and like we just did like a lot of stuff with this pass and like all the, the bus, the buses within that little city were all covered through the pass. And、um, it's very easy to travel here. Now, if you want to go to more remote places, sometimes you do need a car, but you can rent a car or just、mm-hmm. like have a, friend, have a friend with a car and that's fine. Um, but generally, I go to like the very, like, not super touristy places, but places that have like good transportation networks. Like, I've been to Kyoto, which is like the, that used to be actually the old capital of Japan in、mm-hmm. the Kanto region. It's more like, like, it's more South Japan. I went to Kyoto, they have a bunch of temples there. I went to Osaka, which is known for like、um, Okonomiyaki, which is like the, like the Japanese, like, savory pancake. Uh, Hakone, which is kind of close to Mount Fuji. And where else have I been? Oh, Nikko. I went to Nikko recently, and there's like a bunch of like temples and nature. And、um, if you're really into history, especially like Asian studies, like Jap- Japan is great because whenever you go to like temples or shrines or like museums, like they give so much history about Japan. It's really fascinating because Japan has like different like eras. So.、Mm-hmm. Like each era is defined by however long the emperor is ruler for. And usually he's ruler for like a long time. And so there's eras that are like 50 or 60 years long.、Mm-hmm. And each era, each era has like its own like personality. So you learn a lot about like just Japanese history and it kind of puts things more in perspective as to like why they are the way they are. It's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. So interesting. Yeah, definitely.、Um, history is. Um, one of the cool things, in, in my opinion,、um, about going and traveling and living abroad, you just find out so much that you don't, you don't learn、um, while being in the US because we have a very you know, US perspective on things. Yeah. And,、uh, yeah. 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 That's another beautiful thing about living abroad is you're like, wow, like, we're not the only ones here. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like just so much, like, so much perspective. That's what I love about travel and just like living somewhere else is like, Like that new, newfound perspective. And like, that's like, that's something that you can't buy or like, like someone can like take away from you. You know, it's like, that's with you forever. It's like a, it's like a pair of glasses that you don't, that will never break. <laughs> yeah. So, so do you,、um, do you go out every weekend exploring or do, you, or how does that work for you? So, funny you say that. So, for the past, you know, couple months, not as much as before because I'm not going to say why, but everyone knows. <laughs> um, yeah. But- I'm like, I'm like, for a second, I'm like, wait, why? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> 
pre-COVID, um, I, you know, I, I love meeting new people, I love going out. I, I would say when I first arrived, I was a little homesick. You know, it's natural. It, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard of the, 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 um, the flux, the, like, what's the term for it? But it's like the fluctuation one feels when they move to a new country. It's like you arrive and you're like super excited and you're like really happy and you're on like this high wave. And then you come to this like dip where you're like, oh my gosh, like I'm in like a completely new culture. Like I don't have a lot of friends. Like I'm kind of like homesick. I, I was kind of approaching that dip a little bit because I felt very lonely, you know, and especially with not knowing Japanese, it's... Mm-hmm. It could be very isolating. And, um, yeah, it, it was definitely, like, a little bit of a dip for me. But then I was like, you know what? Like, I'm just going to meet people. So I actually downloaded an app called Meetup. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep, it's here. I, I We just moved uh, cities, and we just played soccer um, using Meetup. Oh, cool. Where do you live now? Um, We live in Tucson. So, I mean, not, like, crazy. Oh. Tucson, all right, good craft beer. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I used the Meetup app and I went out to like some different bars and, and uh, met quite a few people from there. And I, now I have like some really like tight knit friendships from that app. And so it's like a lot of it is like putting yourself out there, like, which is what I, you have to have the intention of like, okay, I'm going to like use this app. I'm going to like just be super present and have intentions of like making new friends, you know, and that's like, you have to put yourself out there because if you don't, if you just sulk in your like wallow and you're like, oh, I don't know anybody, I don't have any friends, like, it's just gonna, you're just gonna keep spiraling, you know. So I made it a, I made it a point to like, you know, find methods of meeting new people and also at work too. Um, but like apps like that are great to meet new people and but traveling. That- you travel like you meet people too, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's so true, though, um, you know, with everything, not just, you know, making friends, but with anything that we do, right? Um, we we can't just wait for life to, like, come to us. Like, you know, yeah. I really I really want a car. I really want a house. I really want a boyfriend. I really want to move countries, you know, whatever it is. You can't just be, like, waiting for it to show up on your door. You have to, yeah. you know, ha- have have a thought, right, and, and want it, and then and then make a plan to go get it. And, yeah, maybe, like, your plan, it, it, it doesn't happen the way that you thought yeah. it would, <laughs> but, but that's, that's the beginning of it, right? Is actually like wanting it and then doing something about it. Right. Right. Definitely. Having to take the action. And, and, you know, like I said, like it wasn't, it wasn't super easy, like getting here, you know, like I had to work really hard and I had to save a lot of money and I had no help. Well, I had, like, help indirectly. Like, my mom let me live with her for a bit, and, you know, that was really nice of her. So I, I feel really blessed to have, like, you know, family that, um, you know, allowed me to, like, stay with them. And she would, like, cook for me because I would, I would work really long hours. I'd be so tired after work, so, you know, very stressful. And she would, like, have, like, lentil soup for me. And, like, I was like, I know you work so hard. And here's Aww. some soup. Oh, thanks, Mom. Like, all this all this work is it's, – it's, it's okay. It's okay you know yeah that's so sweet isn't it it's um probably a different experience there too in japan right because from what i understand um you know their their culture like they they support their family even more than what you're just you've just described because from you from your perspective it's like oh it was really nice that my mom helped me out but there it's kind of like no no no, like your family you stay with your family and you live there for forever until 
until like you want to move? I don't really, I really don't know. Maybe, maybe you can explain that a little bit more. I'm actually still kind of wondering about that, but from, from what I've gathered, just talking to locals, it's like, it's not, cause you know, in America it's, it's, you know, it's stigmatized. Like if you live with your parents, like after, like after you're 18 or like even like after university, it's kind of like, Oh, like they still live with their parents. Like what a like loser or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Really mean, but like that's generally like you know people are like you should like get a job, find your own place, you know, and that's that's expensive, you know, and it's like, hey, if you have the if you have the ability to like still live with your parents and it's okay with them, right? It's with them, it's like it's like why not, you know, like you're saving money, like you get like free meals, <laughs> you know, you have a comfy place to live, but here it's like. Um, yeah, I've noticed generally, like, there's not a stigma with, like, living with your parents when you're older. Like, usually it's people, they move out, um, if they get, like, a full-time job and they live in the city and their parents live in, like, a rural area. Mm-hmm. It's, it's when it's, like, more, like, they have to move. Yeah. Um, not just because society tells them to move or it's, like, they get married and they want to start their own family or something like that. Gotcha. But you've seen adults, like, living with their families. Yeah, yeah, it's more normal here. Like, it's it's just, like, a thing. Yeah, gotcha. So, um, back to logistics, and I don't know how comfortable you are about sharing, but um, it's, it's really important, you know, for people who are interested in knowing, like, to know their potential, like, you know, what is it that they can make? You know, what is it that you make? Can you save yeah. money while you're there? Um, yes. and I know you talked a little bit into, you know, the living situation. I'm just curious, yeah. you know, how much you spend that sort of thing. Ah, money. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, um, mm, it really all comes down to how you budget. So even for me personally, like I'm going to be like super honest, I'm not the best budgeter. Like I like nice things <laughs> and I really like to yeah. travel so um my so yeah like saving wise i have like some saved i i would like to save more but um japan is a little expensive i will say that like yeah you know you have your bills to pay um there's like food it's not like thailand or something where like you're where, like the american dollar goes a really long way like mm-hmm. it, it, it's a bit expensive so you have to definitely be careful like there are times where like I'm like, do I want a haircut or do I want to pay my water bill? I'm like, mm. <laughs> like haircut. <laughs> oh, oh, you chose the water bill. <laughs> so it, at the end of the day, like, it's definitely like you can save, but then you're not, you're not really gonna be like, uh, maybe indulging as much. And also, like, for me, like on my lunch breaks, like I know I should make my own food, but I just like don't make time for it, honestly, because I'm just so tired after work. I'm just like, I don't want to make my lunch for tomorrow. So I do go out for lunch. But if like you if you make your own meals, if you make your own meals and have like a budget plan, you'll be fine. Like you can you can definitely save money. For me personally, I sometimes buy a lot of like really expensive face products or makeup. Like I just I love those kinds of things. And I'm like, I'm single, like no kids, whatever. So I do splurge a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely like it's feasible and like what I I don't feel I don't feel completely comfortable like telling like how much I make but definitely like 
it's enough for one person to live off of and save and then do some traveling and be a little comfortable. Gotcha. So. And and I'm sure, you know, if people really want to get nitty gritty, they can probably do some Google searches, yeah. you know. Well, I yeah. Did, yeah. <laughs> like, it's not like, I'm not like, oh, I'm living off of like ramen, you know, or whatever. Like, it's, I have a good life. <laughs> great, great. Uh, so, so do you have a bidet? <laughs> I love that you asked that. <laughs> Actually, I don't, which is really sad because, um, oh, that's another thing I wanted to, I wanted to get into there, a couple things. So during training, you make a lot of friends, like as long as like you're friendly and like everyone's super chill, like in training, you're all in it together. You, I, I have a couple of close friends from training and, and, um, one of my friends, the day we moved into our apartment, she like, she like videotaped her apartment compared to mine. And like the thing, the thing with the whole apartment thing, yeah, it sounded really redundant, but, um, it's very luck of the draw. Yeah. So like, so one person's apartment might be like a little bit bigger. They might have a bidet. Um, one, like for me, I don't have a bidet. My apartment, as you can see, is quite small, but mm. it's where I live. So I live in like a pretty big city. Like I, I live by everything. It's very convenient. Um, so that means that the rent's a little bit more expensive for the company. And then, so the space is smaller. Whereas mm -hmm. my, my training mate, she works more in the rural area. So her apartment's a little bit bigger, mm -hmm. and she has a bidet. So, okay. like, I wish I had a bidet because I love bidets, and Japanese toilets are just amazing. Like, I've just had moments where, like, I go into a bathroom, and I'm like, wow, this is, like, this is, like, high-class bathroom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, there's at the, the train station that's near me, they're my favorite bathrooms of all time. Like, they have all, they have, like, a music setting. Like you sit no down. No way. The toilet seat is heated, and it looks Ooh. all like clean. And then there's like, um, you know, different types of ways the water moves. And then there's like the little music function, so you can like turn the music on, so that way you have like privacy when you go to the bathroom. And then it even it even has a, a dryer in it. And I remember the first Ooh. time, the first time I I pressed the dryer button, I was just like laughing really loud. Because <laughs> so I was like, wow, Japan. I was like. You really know how to make toilets. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you'll go into a bathroom, a public restroom, and the, the toilet seat just like moves because it like senses that you're there and it like lights up and it's like just like ready for you to use. It's like, yeah. <laughs> Are there other things like that in, in Japan where like, wow, you guys really knew what you were doing? Um, yeah, like when people take your order, it's very, it's usually very like just very straightforward and it's very like a lot of the restaurants have this little like they don't like write things down but it's like a little mini like computer and they just like touch it and then like and then they're done and they go or like um instead of like calling the waiter or like waiting for the waiter there's usually like a, a call button when you go mm -hmm. to a restaurant you just press the button and it goes like do do and like a bell goes off and then they come to you it's like oh that's cute yeah it's very like streamlined a lot of things Right on. So, so for anybody um, that's interested in traveling to Japan or uh, and living abroad, uh, do you have any extra um, advice or ideas or things that you want to share for for our listeners? I would say definitely if you have an interest, like go for it. You know, if you have that curiosity, 
Um, but definitely, you know, uh, do your research. There's so much that you can find online. Like YouTube is like a great resource. I, I watched a lot of YouTube videos before coming here. Like I watched videos on like the food and like, you know, etiquette. There's a, that's another thing too, is like etiquette is like a big thing here. Like it's not just about like you, but it's like you're, it's very like community minded. Mm -hmm. And so like definitely do your research on the, on the etiquette here because there's like, just like little things that um, you should be aware of, like, you know, talking loudly or um, what else? Uh, shoes is a big one. Like it's a big no, no to wear your shoes in someone's house. Like yeah. get to just know these basic manners that we might not really think about in America or like a Western country and then coming to Japan. Like it, it's good. It's good to think about the, the etiquette here because it's, it's a major part of the lifestyle here. So wait, do you wear shoes when you go to work? So it depends on the company. So yeah. like, for instance, the training where I was trained, you can't wear shoes in the training center, mm -hmm. um, slippers. But like where I work at my school, because we have like the students there, we still, we all wear shoes. It really gotcha. just depends. It depends on the establishment. And then in homes, like, like 99% of homes, you have like a little area where you, where you put your shoes. Yeah. And so people have slippers for you, right? If you go and visit their homes, they have, they have extra slippers for yeah, you, I used right? Extra slippers. And so like the floors are always really clean. Yeah. I, I literally, cause we just bought uh, our house and I was literally telling my husband, thank you. Yeah, that's I was, um, but I was telling him, I was like, yes, we should make this a no shoe house. Cause I, it's not really common in the U S but I don't want to clean the floors all the time. No, I think that's a, that's a great idea, especially like, you know, if one day you have like children or something and they want to like crawl on the floor and it's just, it's just more, it's just cleaner. And like, like my sister, she lived in Japan for a year. So her house is a no shoe, no shoe house. Mm -hmm. and it really makes a difference. Yeah. And it's funny because when I'd go to her house, I'd be like, why do you, why, why don't you allow shoes in the house? And she's like, she's like, cause it's dirty and stuff. Right. And then I, now I live here and I'm like, oh, I understand now. It makes so much sense once you like once you stop thinking about it. Like there's gross shoes stuff you're stepping like, on. Shoes are like really nasty. Yeah. So for sure. Well, Alexis, I really appreciate you um, coming on the show today, and I and I think that there was a lot of great information um, for the audience. So I just really appreciate you you spending this time with us here today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This was like really fun, and um, I hope we get a chat again soon. Yes, we will. Thank you so much. Uh, how do you say How do you say bye in Japanese? Oh. Um... So the official the official way is sayonara. Like, that's no like good. way. Sayonara. That's like a but. But usually in Japan we say, uh, what do we say? Matane. No. Ja matane. I think it's uh, ja, ja mata or matane. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we all yeah. know thank you though, right? You just yeah. say ar arigato. Arigato gozaimasu is like the official way. Arigato gozaimasu. Arigato gozaimasu. Thank you so much. Thank you, Natasha. Have a great day, okay? You too. Thanks. Bye.